Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled, episode 150. Thank you if you've stuck with us right the way through. It's your favourite fact podcast. We sift through all the facts that are lurking in books, would you believe it, online as well, and we decide whether they are ever worth talking about again. My name is Dan. This week for you, stuff about sweary birds, about fan fiction and cinema seats. Mark is also here. Hello, happy 150 to you. Uh, Right, this week I've got a fact just for Connor, especially for you, mate. Also one about a mode of transport and a film secret. And Connor also completes the triumvirate. What do you have? We're going to talk about file formats, and I think today we're going to double up on Yemen. Why single up on Yemen when you can double up is what everyone's been calling for. We are celebrating big time with two facts about a country I am sure Connor does not even know where it exists, or even if it did exist until when he looked at this fact. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Stay there. 150. Wow. I think yeah. I think the biggest change from episode one to episode 150 is I would never have ever imagined in my wildest dreams that Connor would say the phrase, I'm doubling up on Yemen. Uh, hang on. Can I, can I just make sure, Connor, one of your facts isn't that Yemen is a place, is it? <laughs> let, me, let me just make sure that that is not the fact. Yeah, yeah. Yem- Yemen isn't just the place where Chandler and friends is going to go and work. No, it is a real place. So, well, yeah, 150 episodes over the best part of two years. Thank you for being there. Thank you for sticking with us. If you've just found us, you've got a lot of backlog. 149 episodes uh, filled with some ridiculous random facts. We've had adventures. We've had special guests. We've given away some prizes. And we've got a brand new award show coming up in a couple of months. Uh, right, Connor, give us one of your Yemen facts. Okay, so in 1997, so fairly recently, uh, three men from Yemen tried to sue NASA. And they said to NASA, we're going to sue you because you're invading Mars. They claimed that they had inherited Mars from their ancestors 3,000 years ago. What were they they reading that made them believe they had inherited Mars from their ancestors 3,000 years ago? Well, they were reading absolutely jack all, but they knew damn right that it was going to be a bloody hard one to prove. Because how do you prove that? It is literally one voice against somebody else's. Well, you'd sit there, wouldn't you, for a minute and go, um, this sounds ridiculous, but don't really know if this is actually a thing or not. So they tried their arm and, yeah, it went on for quite a while and realised it was complete nonsense. There was no proof for it. But it but it took its time. It took its time to be proven. But surely if 
if it's one person's word against NASA's word, I, I don't feel that should have been as long a, uh, a court case as it perhaps was. Well, NASA doesn't. Well, no, it's not. It's... NASA doesn't own Mars. NASA goes to Mars. So when somebody steps forward and goes, um, "I I own it," regardless if it's ridiculous or not, I think you've got to be a little bit more like. Okay, um, well, we need to pay attention day, to no. this. We don't own it. Day, day one of the trial. Let me see a proof. Oh, well, I don't have the proof. Case closed. I, I yeah, don't I'm understand how that. this dragged on. Yeah, it's kind of like, like you can't just lay claim to anything. Oh yeah, my ancestors three thousand years ago had that. Can you imagine if like they won that case? Just the 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 amount of people who would then come out just claiming that with absolutely zero evidence. Actually, I think you find I own Pluto. Well, I tried to like find quite a bit on it and find out a bit more about it. And there isn't tons because it is obviously nonsense. But I'm right in thinking, I don't know how the courts work or the justice system. But before it goes to trial as such, evidence has to be gathered and things have to be looked into. So that in itself can take time. So regardless whether it's nonsense, and I agree, it goes to trial, Dan, first day, yeah, blah, 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 word against it, done, right? But leading up to that point, I guess you have to listen to whatever the nonsense is that they believe is true and you have to try and sort of create a case of some form. I just can't imagine it ever went to court. Surely not. Yeah, no. I don't think it I don't think it did go to court, but I think it was something that definitely would have had to have, you know, been listened to. Like anything in life, I could turn around and go, I invented the oven. Well, no, that, no, you did it. Well, no, I think I did. You're going to have to listen at some point. You're going to have to listen to something, I say. But I think that's a lot easier to dispute straight off because you go, well, no, here's the patent for the original oven and here is the inventor of it. I think yeah. that's... Whereas, like, it, it's... Surely they must have thought they had some evidence on the basis of 3,000 years ago my ancestors owned it rather than just, hey, guys, this will be a laugh. Why don't we try and sue NASA? When did this happen? When 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 was this whole kerfuffle 1997 about? 1997 was when it happened. Good time. Good, good time to be alive. Would have been six years yeah, old. But what, this, this, bar, this passed me by as a six-year-old. What, what I love about it the most, though, is that the three guys sued NASA for trespassing on their property. That, that, was, that was their thing. Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. This is private land. I've had this for 3,000 years. You're not allowed on there. Can't trespass there, mate. And that was their, uh, that was their, their thing that they wanted to, to sue them over. Do robots count as trespassing? Do what? Do robots count as trespassing? I guess. I guess yeah. so. Would 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 you want a drone to come and land in your back garden? Uh, would I say it's trespassing? though? No, I don't know. I don't know. If oh, a drone know? came and took pictures of you about these in things. your house, you'd be like, F- off NASA." Whereas there's no different. If they think they own the, the, the own Mars, then they'll just be like, F- "You're taking pictures of my of my land." Do you know what I love about it the most? What Connor? The chief NASA news chief Brian Welch told CNN when this happened. Um, Mars is a planet out in the solar system that is the property of all of humanity. Not two or three guys that live in Yemen. He's got a point. He's got a point. Fair point. Yeah. There is a thing with space ownership, though, isn't it? It's coming to the fore now because private companies are going up a lot more frequently. I think this is like a contentious subject whether you can actually own parts of space. Yeah, I guess so. There is always a kind of a. You know, a, a, a thing in your mind where you sit there and you think if Elon Musk and Bezos and these people that have the funds to get there a lot and do these things, they could easily go up there and start building. Are they allowed to do that? Are they allowed to start like putting stuff there that they feel is right? Like there isn't really any necessarily own, like ownership if it's humanity that owns it. So therefore, we all have the right, don't we, if we have the money to do it? 
Well, yeah, well, I guess back in the day when we were finding new countries, no one asked anyone. They just kind of went for it. Exactly. So you never know. Elon Musk could open a seven-star hotel on Mars by the end of 2024. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Now, Connor, I know that you love scientists and what they study, right? So oh, here we go. Here we go. I found this one just for you. You've heard of the Nobel Prize, right? I have. Uh, the, the, the biggest sort of influence on the Nigels. Exactly. Uh, well, let me tell you about the Ig Nobel Prizes. These basically celebrate the most silly and ridiculous scientific findings from the last year. What channel is it on? Oh, fantastic. What channel, when, what time? Let me give you some of the 2021 winners. The winner of the Biology Prize was a group from Sweden who analysed variations in purring, chirping, chattering, trilling, tweedling, murmuring, meowing, moaning, squeaking, hissing, yowling, howling, growling and other modes of cat-human communication. Yeah, but I didn't see the problem in that. That's interesting. They're trying to find out what your cat's saying. The Ecology Prize went to a group of scientists from Spain and Iran uh, who decided to study... A, they did a genetic analysis to identify the different species of bacteria that reside in wads of discarded chewing gum stuck on pavements in various countries. Yeah, I don't really care about that. Uh, the Chemistry Prize went to a bunch of scientists uh, who basically analysed the air inside movie theatres to see whether different odours were produced depending on the level of violent, sex, antisocial behaviour, drug use and bad like language in the movie that they're watching. Spoiler alert, That's interesting. there is no link. Yeah, but isn't oh, this isn't this just the it's a waste isn't, of isn't Dan's reaction here and the way that Danny's playing a part in you telling this fact the exact problem with science? He doesn't give a f about one thing, so it's over his head. But the rest of it he cares about, so he actually listens to it. That's just what all this nonsense is, isn't it? Well, no, but it's it's more interesting, isn't it? Like to to find out what your cat's saying, or if a different movie makes you produce a different smell than well, of course it makes you bacteria and chewing Of course gum. it makes you produce a different smell. Like, if I go and watch Paranormal Activity and I'm sitting there absolutely cacking my pants, I'm probably going to be sweating and feeling a bit anxious. Whereas if I'm watching, I don't well, know, Shrek, no. I'm probably feeling a bit different. That's what they've just, but that, that's what they've just said, Connor. That's that's a lie. They, they did this whole... This this is the point of the study. They did a whole study and it turns out it does not make you do anything different. I really hate science. Where, where, where are they held? The Ig Nobel Prizes. Uh, they are. Dun, dun, dun. They have so you can watch them on a webcast if you want, Connor. So I'll send you a link for next year or for this year for 2022 ones. Um, as for where they are held, you know what? Don't know, but they've been held since 1991. I can tell you that much. Okay, going on a little bit longer than I'd. Do you think that this is like? I don't know, but like less of a situation where you should be awarding people and more having a word you know they are held in harvard university right harvard university oh okay do you not feel though it's less of like here's the award for doing stupid stuff and more of a just uh, give it a rest please mate like this is getting my favorite bit about it is they get genuine nobel laureates to hand out these prizes so they get scientists and, you know, economists and all of these people who have won these huge Nobel Prizes for this giant leap forward that's helped mankind and all of this and womankind and has helped all of them. And they go here, please hand out to someone who spent their scientific time researching whether or not politicians are more corrupt the fatter they get. <laughs> Great. But this is the point. I think it's a fine line. Because I think if they'd have discovered that the fatter get they get, the more corrupt they are, 
might be Nobel Prize winning science. So it's a very fine line here. Yeah, I think it's... So supposedly the point of it is to help people discover things that are surprising. So surprising that those pe- those things make people laugh and then think. I'm a big fan of it. Big fan, want to go, want to be part of it in Harvard. Right, first fact of the show for me. Um, this is quite a sweary one, so get the bleep button ready. I'm not going to say it a lot. Back, you, you, you know the kestrel bird, Connor? No. Uh, have you, you ever heard of the bird, the kestrel? No. I mean, it's not like you should be chatting about it every day, but in your 28 years worth of life, you should probably have heard of a kestrel. Please, please, please tell me when I would have heard of the kestrel. Well, there are, I mean, it's, I it's there's not a, that there's a bird outside, this common you? in the UK to have kestrels. They're quite a common bird. I, I don't... I only know the pigeon. <laughs> That's your one bird that you know. Anything else, can't be bothered with it. Anyway, there is a bird called the kestrel. Apparently, they're not in Essex where you live. Um, in the 15th century, the bird kestrel was called a wind f- <laughs> Why? Why? The best bit is, is that this fact is useless for one reason. People will only know that it was called a wind beep. Yeah, but no, but they won't because I'm going to expand on it in a second. So... There's that one, and then also they also used to call it a f- wind as well. But apparently, it's a mistranslation. But there are some experts who think it's a mistranslation. Back in the days of yore, when they would write things down, the English language back then, Fs would look a lot like Ss. Now, this has not been proven, but it's an idea, because why would they call a bird a wind? So it might have been a wind sucker or a suck wind, which makes more sense if you're a bird. If you're looking at a bird, you're thinking, what are they doing? Well, they're flying, they're agile, they're gliding over the the gales and the currents. Maybe they're a wind sucker. But it's never been proven, and there is a school of thought that says it's the other one. But but why? Oh, that kestrel's flying weird. Oh, it kind of looks like it's f***ing the wind. Yeah, call it a wind f***er, mate. No, 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 but it might not be as literal as that. Maybe it's just, you know, when you call someone you don't like that word, and you're like, oh, you're a f***. Maybe it's the same. Mm. I don't need, that's why I mean, there's no. That's why there's no more of them in Essex because they f***ing hate them in Essex. This whole fact to me is is hard work because I'm trying to imagine what the bird looks like. I can't do that because I don't think I've ever seen one. I've, I don't even know what the bird is. I've learned about a new bird that I've never heard of, and it was called this. I, I'm all over the place. I don't even know what it looks like. What, what is it like? A heron? <laughs> why is a heron um, the first thing you go for? It's 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 just a it's it's a. It's a gr- kind of well. I'm, I'm useless with my colours, aren't it's gray, I? Great. It's gr- kind of grey brownie, I think. How'd you spell it? Yeah. Kestrel. K e s kestrel. T r e l. W i n d f u c k e r. I've never. Oh, so no. kind of looks a little gone... bit like an owl. An owl meets a budgie. So we've gone through four. You said you only knew pigeons, but that's four different birds you've named there. Budgie, owl. Pigeon. I don't think I've really seen, I've seen many kestrels. Can you, this looks like something that you two would have seen from being from the farms and stuff. It looks a little bit like a sort of farm bird. Can you name me a fifth bird? Seagull. Well done. I uh, am very pleased to tell you that I have helped keep kestrels alive because for a long time I was a paying member of the RSPB, the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. <laughs> <laughs> used to give them my money every month to God, save the birds. Dan, I just... F- like, have you ever been on holiday? Like, like, have you done oh, yeah, things in life? What, what are you saying about people who give money to charity, Connor? But the thing is, is you're, I'm all for putting money in the pot when you're at Stratford, and I'm all for buying a poppy, but who wakes up and goes, oh, i tell you what I want to do. I want to sign up to a subscription to pay to save birds in the local area. 
Like, what are you doing? The thing is, your 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 problem, Connor, is you're very one laned. You can only be into these things. Y- your things are: I'm into music. I'm into my fashion when there's someone's order wants to take photos of me. I'm into West Ham when they're doing well. Whereas people like Mark and I, we're into many different things. I can go on holiday. I can love the football, and I can also give money to the poor bird. No, yeah, I understand that, and I'm all for this, but. Mark is sitting there not saying much because he knows that I'm bloody right in what I'm saying because who thinks of sp- spending money on saving the birds? Like, at the no, age... I just don't want to tell you about the £10 I give to Wildlife Trust every month. It's just a random thing. Ma- Ma- just a random thing. Ma- Mark is absolutely... No, Mark is absolutely a National Trust member. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I'm all for it. I think He's it's a good a thing. I just would never wake up and think, I didn't even know there was a thing that you could do to save the birds, but... It would it would not surprise me at all if Mark is a National Trust member simply for the car park. I do own... Oh, I love a National also- Trust car park. Big fan of them. I do. I have adopted a sloth. Bingo. Yeah, great. So what made you wake up that morning and think, you know what, I'm going to adopt a sloth? I've done an sloth. interview for a film and they've done it for me. Oh, it's, it's not really you doing so. it then, is it? No, but I feel like I've done something. What's your sloth's name? Alfie, I think. You think? Some terrible PR. And, and also, while we're on strange interests of mine, I spent my weekend doing one of my other interests, looking at plaques for dead people on benches. So there you go. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. It really is a shame, isn't it? I, um, the file format PNG is pronounced ping. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have guessed that. I've, I've never longed for a fact about Yemen so much. You, 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 you would, you would have, you would have guessed that, but you wouldn't have known that. So when you say PNG, you should actually say ping. I prefer to call it a pong, ping or a pong. Uh, but can you resolve the gif gif thing? Pardon? The gif gif thing. Can you resolve that? It's a gif. I call it a gif. Oh, I call it a gif. The inventor calls it a gif, therefore it is a gif. I call it a gif. No, it, it is wrong. It's, it is a gif. And also yeah. a JPEG. A J- a what? JPEG. JPEG. Say that one JPEG. more time. No, it's a j- no, you mean JPEG. What does ping stand for? PNG. Which stands for? Yes. <laughs> what does that oh, stand for? I've got for? no idea. I just thought it was PNG. What does JPEG and PNG stand for something today? Oh, it's just amazing how you just don't... Like you just stop at you stop at the first hurdle and you think fine. Like obviously you think oh you know we've been doing this 150 yeah. episodes now. Mark's having a Mark's when, when I'm thinking of PNG, he's got no idea either. Is it portable something? Is it like portable something graphic? Portable network graphic. Portable network graphic. King's <laughs> loads better in it. Look, the thing is, you yeah, gotta, you gotta, you gotta, it's good to know what it bring is. yourself into the feet of normal people in the world. Okay, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares what. PNG stands for whatever that big word is that shortens it to PNG irrelevant the, the average person I don't think really cares I don't really care but the fact that it says PNG and it means ping is great for me yeah but the point is one does not displace the other and if a normal person was on a fact podcast where they needed to fill 50 minutes or so then they would ask what does PNG stand for? Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not reaching out to the demographic that I thought we had of OAPs I thought we were in a different world but if we are, I apologise. I should definitely. I just don't understand how you can bring a fact where that is the obvious follow-up question, and not yeah, think that's the point. That's the point. They might ask this. It's kind of curious. It's PNG, mate. It's kind of it's, I mean, just PNG. It's ping. Is it PNG? It's just ping. It's fine. Yeah. I reckon that people listen to this and think to themselves, "How did he bag this job? How?" did he end up here? Where, where did this come from, him? No, they're very aware that you're here because you're an idiot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Connor, what's your favourite era of postbox? What? <laughs> Connor's face <laughs> is so confused. I quite... 
What's your favourite? I quite like, yeah, what's your favorite I quite like post the box? look of the, the, the round ones, to be honest. The round yeah, ones. Yeah, nice post boxes, yeah. Dan, like, genuinely, mate, I, seriously, mate, I do I think you're great and everything, but, mate, come on. Like, why why do you have it? You have a very weird interest in, in, in these things. Like, where do you ever get to post box history? Like, I was at walking one day and I saw... One post box had one sign on it, another had another. I thought, oh, why is that? And then I found out, oh, it's because they've got the insignia of when they were made. I mean, I didn't really have to look it up. It was kind of obvious. And I thought, oh, that might be fun to try and spot out different ones. There you go. One plus one equals two. Just to let you know, Dan lives with a girl, for anyone listening. He, he's, he's achieved that. <laughs> and she's a, not, she's a lovely And it's girl. not his mum. No, it's not his mum. It's not his mum either. And you do sit there, don't you? And you wonder yeah. how. But anyway, Dan, you do you, buddy. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Mazda built a suitcase car. Oh, interesting. Mm. Uh, Why? So in the run-up to uh, the company's 1991 Fantasy Yard event, they basically had an interdepartmental contest to see who could come up with the most innovative and creative solution to produce a new, what they called, moving machine, basically, a mode of transport. And And some guys within Mazda created a car within a suitcase. So you could wheel it... Wheel it round like a normal suitcase, and then you just fold it out. Looks a little bit like a go kart, uh, and th- there is still one that is around and in use today. Only one that is left. Um, but yes, the, you can genuinely have a car which is also in a suitcase. I'm looking at pictures of it online, and the guy that they've got advertising it really is fantastic, really great. I wonder how fast it went. I, I mean, I'm not convinced that it was ever gonna you know, win a race against anything other than perhaps Connor walking. Um, but it had a... Does so Connor walk for, notably slowly? Apparently, yes. Uh, here we go. This might mean more to Connor than to uh, than to me, because uh, I know you like your cars, Connor. Uh, it was a 33.6cc, 1.7 horsepower, two-stroke engine. Yeah, it's slow as shit. When you think about it, like the average, the, the, the smallest engine you'll see in a scooter is 50cc. I mean, that is slow. What? I, I, yes, I just, this is 33.6cc. I don't get the point in it because when it's not open, then it's bloody heavy to carry, surely. And I just don't really understand. I mean, if this was a Dragon's Den situation, I would definitely not be investing. Uh, no, but it's fun, isn't it? And the, guy, and the guy who's advertising it, he's wearing a lovely like 80s business suit. He's got these big glasses, lovely hair. He's got the most pristine white shoes you've seen. Uh, smart black shoes, and he sat in a suitcase. Yeah, I mean, Connor, you don't have to carry it. It's got wheels, so you wheel it. Yeah. How? How, that is the how do I buy one? There is only one left, so it's probably quite expensive. And I have just read it had a top speed of thirty kilometers an hour. You would want one, wouldn't you? Probably, if, if, probably if it was going downhill. If you was a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, I'd have to have one just for having to have one. Like, just you would just have to know what that is like. This is brilliant. I love the fact it comes in a couple of colours too. Isn't that great? Does it? Yeah, it comes in a blue and a red I'm seeing here. Yeah, there's only one left now. Uh, The original prototype was apparently accidentally destroyed. I'm not entirely there. It doesn't elaborate on that. just says it was accidentally destroyed. Brilliant. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big fan. Well done. I've got my MOT coming up soon, so I might need this. Also, there's a video of it on Oprah. Can't wait. I'm going to watch that as soon as this is done. You're going to watch it before or after you go and have a look at the local post boxes, Dan? Yeah, that's a good Got to point. fit that in. Some benches on Imagine the Imagine travelling around the local post boxes, driving that. I just just very quickly, I need to point out to you this bench sign that I saw at the weekend. So Strap yourself in, walk. guys! <laughs> it's about to get real! 
I was on a big walk over the weekend and there was an incredible bench at pristine location. Like this is prime mm. view. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. over the, uh, over the, the north downs. Oh, it's a good bench and location. I'd put it top five. And the bench plaque was, uh, I told you I was ill. Which I think might be on Spike Milligan's gravestone. Yeah. There you go. Very, I feel like that's funny. stolen and therefore makes it bottom end of. Are you having packs. a go at a dead person? Yeah, pretty much. God. Cool. Right, second fact of the show for me. Someone translated Dracula into Icelandic and it took over 100 years for anyone to point out that it was different to the actual original story and was a fanfic that the guy pretty much made up. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so he had him. He had him all. Love he had that. him all where they needed to be. He's claiming all of it. Surely that's fraud. Yeah, but but he's dead a hundred years later, isn't he? So it didn't really matter. Yeah. He's dined out on it. <laughs> he's got his. He's got his money for it. Isn't that great though? You fact the fact you sit there and you think all these people are like, "God, that Dracula's a good old story, isn't it?" Christ, and it's like it's not even it. Well, no, the whole of the world loved it. Iceland was like, "Ah, oh, it's just a bit." <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just not right. I don't, so it, I don't get what this whole hype about. Dracula is so in the original Count Dracula someone called I've never read it by the way I've never read Count Dracula so I'm kind of going off the internet here someone called Harker feels repulsed by Count Dracula's brides in the Icelandic variant he's actually attracted to them in Dracula Count Dracula lives alone in a castle in the Nordic variants, he has a deaf and mute housekeep woman who cooks and their best mates. He does a, a clan of followers. He cooks all their meals. There's just basically a lot of different changes. Um, even in the in in the way that they are vampires is slightly different. So it's just funny that this guy thought, you know what, this is happening. I'm going to sell over here and I'm going to make my own thing up. Which brings me back to my favourite ever news story, which was when the poor old lady in the church wanted to restore that like really historic painting of Christ. And she thought, oh, I'll just paint it to make it better. And she made it look like a cartoon face. You see yeah. that? Yes. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Best, best news story. Though. I think it happened again recently. And she got really done in for that. I think she might have been, excuse me. Surely they didn't send her to prison, but it was preposterous. What are you in for? Oh, painted Jesus wrong. <laughs> What's funny is that in my mind, I don't know if you've, if you've never seen this photo, look up the story. It's one of the best stories ever of uh, this poor old lady who was like cleaning a church and she saw this this really old, traditional, very rare and expensive photo uh, and she thought she would repaint it and she does it like a cartoon and in her mind she thought it was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, look that up. The new version in Icelandic it is called Powers of Darkness, which is a pretty fantastic name, I would say. Brilliant. Hello, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word, Chris submits a word, and we battle it out to see what word goes into the A to Z of Men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast. Podcast from just search for the A to Z of men. <laughs> 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You can always get in touch with us on the show, by the way. It's info at baffledpod.com if you ever want to say hello. Uh, Anything sent our way, Mark? Yeah, Hannah sent us an email. She says, guys, I love your podcast. I'm from Wisconsin and found your podcast a few months ago. I love all of your accents and the different way y'all pronounce things. She said y'all, I'm not just putting it on. Uh, When I heard y'all say iguana, I was super curious if everyone in Europe says it like this. Because in the US we say iguana. I have to know. How do I say it? And then Iguana. she signs off. Keep being you. Oh. oh, thank you very much, Hannah. I think, how do I say it? I think I say Iguana. Iguana. Yeah, I think I don't go Iguana. 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 Yeah, yeah I go Iguana. That feels like a very American thing. Iguana. Iguana. Very Australian. No, hey, Iguana. That was not even Australian, close to being an Australian accent. If you've never been to Australia or heard an Australian person, that is not it. Yeah, sorry. That was a Yemen accent, a pretty good one, Yem. actually. It's info at bafflepod.com on the emails. We are at bafflepod on Instagram and TikTok. Hannah, thank you for getting in touch. Last facts of the pod. Connor, what you got? So back to Yemen. There is an oil tanker moored on the coast of Yemen. Okay, it's still there. It was abandoned. I really enjoy it that you're really emphasising the word Yemen every time you say it. Yemen. <laughs> it was abandoned six years ago, and apparently it's currently holding $80 million worth of oil, and it's completely abandoned. Where, where, where is it abandoned? Yemen. The place where three guys also said that they own Mars. Yemen. Yeah. yeah. I heard rumours they, they own the oil as well. Yeah, so obviously uh, where it's abandoned too, you'd sit there like I did and I think, well, why don't they just go and sort it out? Obviously it is owned. There is ownership. So therefore you aren't able to just, it would be stealing. Um, so, but it's just been abandoned. Um, and obviously there's a lot there. There's a lot to deal with. It's 80 million euros worth of oil. It would be stealing. So why is it there? Why can no one figure out who owns it or what's going on with it? Why is why has no one claimed well, ownership? Well, the thing. No one knows. There's no answer to it. Nobody really understands what happened. It's just still there. They don't really understand why nobody's claiming it, while nobody's doing anything with it. I would assume, based on what I'm reading, that maybe it was something to do with business. Maybe there was a money situation. Do you know what's amazing? This is in the same country where three lads thought they would claim ownership of the moon, yet no one's claiming ownership of this oil tanker. It's, a, it's also qu- quite um, serious too, because on the serious side of it, <laughs> okay. uh, basically there's, there's one million barrels on there of crude oil and it's at a really high risk of rupture or exploding, causing massive environmental damage uh, to the Red Sea marine life. So, you know, as much as it sit there like, oh, 
still, it's something that obviously needs to be sorted out. But as for how they're going to sort it, I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? I don't really understand how you deal with that. I don't know. But maybe we should have a go. Eh? Maybe that should be our project for this year. Three, three very, you know, middle class white lads from the UK should have a go at trying to sort out this oil pack tanker well, in the Middle East. Actually, I've just found the little article here, which actually answers a little bit more of the question. So this is good. Um, is, is, it, is it still there or has it moved? No. So it says here, the FSO Safer was abandoned approximately five nautical miles off the coast of Yemen in 2015. It was due Five to, what miles? Uh, nautical. Um, due to an ongoing civil war in the country. There we go. But it was also business related too. So it's gone from fun fact to civil yeah, war. Civil war, very quickly. Civil war and potential huge environmental damage. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and I presented it to you, emphasising the word Yemen, so I do apologise. Connor, do you know where the Yemen is? Where Yemen is? No idea, mate. Is it near... Um... Really? No, why, is it, why, when you brought two facts about <laughs> Yemen <laughs> to the podcast, a... did you not go, you know what, I'll find out where it is? Mid- no, but Middle is- East. Yeah, so do you know where it's near? It's, in, it's just amazing that you've not thought, oh, you know, you, not even for our sake, but for your own, you've not been like, oh, you know what, I'm interested to know where well, Yemen if it's, is. If it's Middle East, then maybe near Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead under. Oh, there we go. Near Oman and the UAE. Can you name me, can you name me something that Yemen is next to? Oman. Um, uh, the sea. Oman, yeah. And what's to the left? The well, it'll sea. be Africa, won't it? Yes, and probably... Uh, I don't know where, where's that on that coast. Somalia, Djibouti, maybe bit of Egypt, bit of Ethiopia, Sudan. South Sudan too. That's where Saddam Hussein is from. Was that it? a genuine question or was that a joke? No, I Connor? thought it was, but anyway. What you thought that Saddam Hussein was from Sudan? Oh, it's Sudan. Sorry, I thought his name was Sudan. God, it's quite worrying, isn't it? How I actually got thirteen GCSEs, three A's. I wonder. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. While filming Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, the producers were unable to get a permit to shoot a scene in Tokyo. They were like, hey, we're going to do it anyway. So they shot the... F- they Strap sh- yourself in for a story. They took Here the shot go. and then hired a full guy who pretended to be the director and he spent a night in jail. Okay. Who was the full guy, do you know? So the full guy was just one of their like Japanese consort who was there to look after them. The director didn't even know that this was going to happen. So the uh, director, Justin Lin, basically said that the police came up and were like, who's the director? He was about to say me. And then this Japanese guy walks forward and goes, that is me. He got arrested, taken to jail. Afterwards, they were like, yeah, that's what we do here. We just give you a guy who's a full guy to spend a night in jail so you can film. I'll tell you what, if there is a jail that I didn't want to be in, it would be Japan. I wonder what Japanese jails are like. Really? I reckon. I think they're probably quite nice. Yeah, Russia would be worse. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah that, 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 that end of the world, isn't it? Probably Russia would be pretty bad, I would say. Uh, I, the Gulag. I tell you what, I have never seen any Fast and what? Furious oh. film. Great films. Great films. Earlier ones are the best ones, though, I would say. Yeah, never there seen are it. many too busy. of them. Just people driving fast, isn't it? No, there's more and to it seriously, Like, the amount of uh, road rage in that film is ridiculous. So, wh- how, like... 
how do they get away with it, Mark? It's a bit mental, isn't it? So they only wanted to shoot a very small bit in a part of Tokyo called Shibuya. Uh, and the cops are apparently relatively polite, so it takes them Shibuya. about 10 minutes yeah. for them to Shibuya come over and kick you out. So they got all the shots they wanted really, really quickly. And then, yeah, the police come over, shut you down and uh, arrested the fall guy. But do you not have to have like... Oh, no, actually, no, yeah, fair enough. Wow, okay, pretty cool. I but, like it. But surely they have to, they, they, don't they have to close the roads, though, because of all the fast and furious driving? So this wasn't a bit with, like, huge amount of stunts and cars, unsurprisingly. Um, the issue is, is that in Tokyo, they don't give out film permits. So if they try, so they basically had to set up a scene and then people would just walk through it and they wouldn't really care and just be whatever. Um, so, yeah, they just kind of, have to do what they do and get what they can get but yes unsurprisingly it wasn't a massive car scene or a stunt scene it was just a general normal in and around tokyo scene nice what's the best of the fast and the furious driving films that i should watch i think the final one before paul walker passed away was really good that was a that was a good one i think that's probably one of the best mark would you say yeah i think that's fast and furious 274 that's the one yeah yeah um, they're, all, they're all good. It's a bit like Step Up. You know, they're good films, but they go on and on and on. There's loads of them and you do find they're a little bit repetitive. I find it's Step a bit like Up? That. Is that the dancing film? Yeah, they're just like the same thing every time. There's only so much you can do, but you enjoy it at the same time. It's like that. Your, your film, your film taste is very baffling, isn't it? It is exactly baffling. It is indeed. Right, last fact of the show. Connor, do you know why... Cinema seats are red. Is it because red is more visible in a dark atmosphere? No, it's the opposite. So when our, when lights dim, our eyes get more sensitive towards the blue end of the light spectrum. So chairs are red because it's one of the first colours that you lose sight of and it enhances your viewing experience. It's a little bit dangerous, that one, isn't it? Because say you need to go for your mid-film Wii then you're going to definitely be struggling. Well, I mean, it is hard work and it getting back. You always got to get the flashlight out on the phone and get somebody annoyed, but... No, no, you don't. Please don't tell me you do that. I, I, no, I don't do that. Are you <laughs> one of these people who every film you go There's to ends up middle. having a mid-film way? Yeah, I, I do there. that, to be fair. I have the opposite to Dan, which is a very, very controlled bladder. I mean, Dan does wee a lot. Um, I got an awful bladder. Yeah, mine's quite controlled, so I very rarely wee during the, uh, the, 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 the film. Really? Yeah, my housemate used to be, it was like, if you go for a film, he'd be like, yeah, I always need a wee in the middle of it. It's like, it's two hours. It's two and a half yeah, hours. Yeah. But my, like, my, control my girl, your my, bladder for that long. Come on. My girlfriend's like that, and it does my bloody head in. Everywhere you go, she's got to leave her scent. She's like a f***ing dog. Literally, everywhere she goes, she's got to have a wee. It's probably because, I, I, usually I'll have a bit, I'll take a beer in with me, and, you know, they make me pee more than normal. So there you go. There we go. Um, well, there you go. A short but sweet, that fact. But I just thought I'd let you know the reason cinema seats are red is because you lose sight of the colour red first, so it enhances your viewing experience. And that is it for us this week. What have we learned this week? Well, kestrels used to be called wind f- Also, I think we're all going to go to the ignoble prizes and, and get involved with those. Connor's finally found some science that he wants to be part of. And finally, Saddam Hussein does not come from Sudan. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. Always a pleasure. Info at bafflepod.com if you want to get in touch. We will see you Friday for another Connor Explains. Until then, goodbye. Hold up. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.